All right. Thank you, Mike and Alicia. Yes. Hey, that's a full load. Uh, we do have, a typical, often we do have elementary program. Today we do not. So you're hanging out with us today for elementary. And uh, yeah, you'll be fine, I think. Just, you know. We have some sheets, actually, Amy does, as going around if you want to take notes or doodle. Bonus points if you actually take notes about what I'm talking about. I, I don't know what you do with those bonus points, but I will award them. So um, we are uh, kind of on the Easter story stuff right now. If you haven't been with us or, or new to the Easter journey, and if you're not familiar with any of it, it's a lot to take in, but we'll, we'll, we'll kind of break down some of it uh, this morning. Um, but almost as importantly is our men's basketball league that we've been playing. And... Uh, <laughs> I just got updated. I don't have a lot to share uh, on that one today. This was our, oh yeah, there's the first two games. There was like our, our game last week. Uh, you know, we put up 60 some odd points, but we got beat worse than we ever have before. So I, I don't even know what to do with it. But I'm wearing my basketball shoes right now. I'm, I'm hoping to get a little bit of like energy out of, uh, out of the Lord today just so we go play this afternoon. Maybe, maybe this will be our day uh, down at the basketball court. But I think six o'clock tonight, if uh, you want to come have a good laugh, we'll be, we'll be playing, playing men's league. Uh, my name is Jesse, by the way. If you don't know me, welcome. Uh, if you are new and need to get up at any time, feel free. There's restrooms at the front and the back of the aircraft, and you, your kids are just over across the way if you uh, need your kiddos. But I had a dentist appointment this week, which, you know, I'm, I've, I used to really not like going to the dentist because I just had so many problems, and I've, my teeth have gotten a little better, so now I've, I'm not, I don't loathe it as much. But, you know, I'm always a little uneasy. I have a little bit of anxiety in the chair. And I sit down, and you know, hygienist comes in, he's, he's new, and uh, he just gets into my mouth, he starts looking in, he says, oh, it's good you're here, you definitely are due for a cleaning. And I'm like, I know, that's why I'm here, guy, you don't have to like, tell me that. And he starts poking around, he's like, you, you know what calculus is? I'm like, I'm guessing not the math. But I also can't talk because his hands are in my mouth. And he starts explaining to me like how, you know, the plaque and the minerals in our saliva, you know, calcifying, just kind of going on. He's like, yeah, you got quite a bit down here. And he's just explaining like too much to me. Like, I, I know I need a cleaning. That's why I'm here. It's been six months. I, I do the best I can, but there's just, it just kind of kind of had to go on and on about these, you know, pockets in my teeth and, you know, get a water pick and do better and all this stuff. And I just was like, maybe uncomfortable, right? I don't want to hear that. Just, I'm here for the cleaning. Can you, can you just help me get clean and not, you know, shame me about, about my mouth? And we're looking at, going to look at Jesus today, and he, Jesus was so good about being very clear with people about why he was here. Right? He, didn't, he didn't beat around the bush. He's, he made it very clear why he was here, but he didn't, he didn't bring about shame upon people. Right? He never brought about shame. Right? He didn't go up to people who, like, who needed healing. Oh, yeah, you definitely need healing. That's, whew, that's nasty, right? He didn't talk to people like that. Oh, yeah, you've you you got to heal your sight. You're blind. You can't see. It's he didn't go on and on. He just took care of it. He took care of it. And that shame is so hard for so many of us in our, in our connection with God and also one another, right? Because it kind of goes together. When we're carrying shame, we don't feel good about something in our lives. It's, it, sometimes, that's, sometimes that's physical. Uh, you know, it's emotional, it's mental. It's something you're going through. You carry a certain amount of shame. It's, it's relationship challenges you're having. It's hard to bring that to people because you feel shame about it. And part of the reason is we, we, we feel a little concerned, like, oh my gosh, what are they going to say? What are they going to say? What are they going to say? So when people came to Jesus, he's always so good about it. I love you. Let me, let me just help you with this situation. Right? And shame will keep people out of the dentist's office, right? Some people don't want, don't want to go because they don't want to hear about it. They're embarrassed. Right? We all carry a little bit of that. And Jesus' Jesus's mission in so many ways was to take care of that. He's like, I'm going to take your shame. I'm going to take your guilt. That way you can be free to interact openly with one another. It doesn't mean you're perfect. Still go through this stuff. 
but takes away that shame, takes away that shame. And Jesus already, he knew what people were going through. He knows about our brokenness. He knows about your brokenness, right? I know about my brokenness, right? I know about some of your brokenness. Doesn't mean we always have to kind of explain it or talk down on everyone or everything. God doesn't want that relationship with you. Some of us stay away from God. So I don't, if I'm not close to God, maybe you won't know what I'm up to. So many people in my life have I've interacted with who aren't you know, part of the church, don't have a faith, they're like, I'm just, not, I'm just not ready yet. I'm too bad. I'm too bad. It keeps, them, it keeps them away. And that's not how it works. Jesus was about taking that stuff. He didn't want to make you feel bad. He wanted to take care of the bad. So Jesus was so good. We're going to look at some healings Jesus did, did, uh, does this morning. But before that, we also know that Jesus, in particular in this passage today, we're going to be looking into the temple. Jesus could get in the mood, right? He was loving and, and nice, and he was kind and, and generous and compassionate. But he could, he could get in the mood. And it was almost never with those who are hurting or broken, but rather with those who are doing the hurting, the religious leaders. So in this environment, in this situation, as we, especially as we get into this, this Easter story, this Easter journey, we really see it starting to come to a head. Jesus did great with sinners and, 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 the, and the tax collectors and the, and the broken and the lepers and the blind and the people who are far off. But those who are running the institutional, institutional religion, that got him upset. And it starts to come to a head here. This is in Matthew 21, 12. Uh, we're getting kind of toward the end of the, end of the, the gospel stories here. Uh, Jesus has, has entered into Jerusalem. We'll look at this in a couple weeks. He's entered into Jerusalem. He's basically on his way toward the cross at this point. But he has about a week's worth of work to do. And, and one of the places he spends a lot of time is in the temple. And it goes like this in uh, Matthew 12, 21, 12. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said, for my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. My house will be called house of prayer. When he says it is written, he's referring to Isaiah 56, 7, which mentions twice as my holy mountain, I will, bring to, I will bring my holy mountain, give them joy in my house of prayer. This is talking about the tabernacle, the temple. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called the house of prayer for all nations. So it's very important to God and, and to Jesus in this moment, as you would come into these temple areas, this is a place of prayer, it's a place, place to connect. And he just starts to kind of freak out on the activities that we're going to talk about. I love some of the medieval, like, Renaissance stuff. It's just so, like, classic. Jesus in, like, this pink, silky robe, and there's, like, you know, kind of naked people and babies, and it's just what these guys were thinking about always sort of cracks me up. I was just looking at some of the paintings this week. But he enters into this, into this temple area, and the temple was, this is a little bit tricky to see, but you can kind of get an idea of what the scale of this thing, and this is just part of the temple. This isn't the city. Uh, this is in your app, actually. If you have an app, if you want to, you can dig that up later. If you want to go through, it's in the read section of the app. But temples is the main part of the city. Like this is kind of what the city's built around, even though it, you'll see it's on the edge of it. And this is where people came to worship. This is where people came to connect with God. Right? This is you know, pre the cross, pre our connection, just directly this way. They had to go through this, these mediators of these priests and they had to use animal sacrifices and this whole complicated, messy system that Jesus took care of. But he comes into the temple and this is a time of year. It's Passover. It's swelling with people. There's uh, pilgrims from all over the place is coming through and they, they're coming to, to they have to cleanse themselves, they're going to the temple, they're doing the religious uh, activities and it's super busy. And Jesus is there to spend time with people as well and he just sees this, this, these people changing money and selling 
selling sacrifices for a profit. Right? And he's just, and he, just, he just kind of freaks out. He's angry. It's a holy anger. It's not sin. He, just, he can't take it anymore. He can't take the way they're treating what would be something beautiful, what should be some way that the people can connect to his father, and they're turning it into a business. Right? And if you ask Jesus, the disciples, like, hey, how's Jesus doing today? Like, I, I, well, he's flipping tables. He's kind of in a mood. Like the next day, we'd see like, well, how's Jesus any better? Well, he cursed this fig tree because it didn't have any fruit on it. So yeah, he's still kind of in a mood. He's in a little bit of a mood against the religious institution. He's been pretty peaceable, but, but no longer. I remember my mom would get in my mood, get in the mood. My mom was a pretty quiet woman, but she could be fierce when she wasn't happy. And I have four brothers and like, there was always a reason for her to be in a mood. My brothers would be on high alert. I was like, how oh, mom's in a mood. Like, you would just get pinched, like, for no reason. Just for walking too loud across the room, she'd come and pinch you. Because mama ain't happy, nobody happy. She, she just gets in the mood. Jesus is just, he's in a mood here. Right? Again, it's not sinful. It's not unholy. It's righteous. But it's just, he's just feeling it. He, he's just feeling it. And so that Jesus is with his disciples, and they've, they've journeyed to Jerusalem. They're, they're celebrating this, this feast of Passover. And the sacred city of God, and just again, it's, thousands, it's flowing with thousands of people from all over, all over the world. And they enter into this area, which is called Solomon's Porch. And this is the outermost part on the east end of this temple. And it's this large overhang. And people can kind of socialize a little bit before they, before they start going into the, through some certain gates. And this is where all these money changers are, and these people selling stuff. And, and it's almost like this ticketing booth at Disneyland kind of situation, right? They have to kind of enter in through this fiasco of coins being exchanged, animals, and, and different merchants. And, and, the, and the, the pilgrims who are coming in for this religious festival, they're coming from all over the place. And their hometowns, many of them would have, uh, they'd be carrying coins that bear images of Roman emperors or Greek gods. So they, they live in other, they're not living in just insular in Jerusalem. They're from all known parts of the world. They're coming in here. Their money has these different Greek gods and, and Roman emperors on it. And the temple authorities are like, no, we can't have that here. That's idolatrous. We're not putting, we're not accepting any kind of coins with you know, Roman emperors on them. So in order to even purchase their sacrifice, first they had to exchange their money for, for different coins. And so the money changers would ex exchange their money for a fee, right? For, they, they would give them acceptable shekels, and they would extract a profit, and often more than the law allowed. It's like almost like entering into, like, like I said, Disneyland amusement park. Like Six Flags, even the Six Flags, like you can't use your own money there. You have to take your money, give it to them. They give you like a Six Flags debit card of their own currency, and they charge you for that. Or there are a lot of the arcades now, the bigger arcades, or Bolero has this. Like, you're just going to go put a quarter in a machine? No more. You have to, you have to buy, like, a car. Like, Bolero, you, you go down to the bowling alley. If you want, like, $5 in quarters, you have to go and purchase one of their gift cards for 2 bucks, And then you put $5 in, and it gives you, like, four seventy-five back of money. And then you put that money back into their machines. Right? It's this whole racket. This is what's happening at the temple. This is what's happening at the temple. Jesus cannot believe it. It's like you are extracting profit and money, making it harder on people than it needs to be. This is not the point of the temple for you guys to run it as a business. And it wasn't just the merchants at this time that are making, that are making money. The high priest received a percentage of the profits that the money changers and merchants made from their selling of the sacrifice. And so for Jesus to kick these guys out would have caused financial loss to him. They did not like Jesus. And the people coming from the outside, the, the, the sort of pilgrims coming in for Passover, unfamiliar with Jerusalem and the prices of, of things, of doves and of sacrifices, 
They're not familiar with the, with the sort of local pricing. The temple merchants would sell this stuff at a higher price than anywhere else in the city. And the high priest would overlook all this dishonesty as long as he got his share. This is what's happening in the house of prayer. This is what's happening in the temple. This is what's happening in the house of the Lord. And this is why Jesus is in a mood. This is why Jesus is in a mood. And he has this built up, holy, righteous anger about what they're turning, they're turning their faith institution into. And you'll see this actually, even in our day, grocery stores in lower income areas often have higher prices. There's less competition, people aren't driving cars as much, so they're kind of stuck with one place, maybe they're further from food source. So you would think, well, this is a harder area, underserved area. Maybe things should be cheaper. No, they're more expensive because corporate takes advantage. And so, so was the temple. You see this at festivals, concerts, amusement parks, right? Bottle of water. What's a bottle of water cost at a festival? Five, yeah, five, six, eight, ten bucks. Beers at a baseball game, like 18 bucks. But what are you going to do? You're going to get one. This is the temple. He's had, he had people and just sort of like extorting people for money. The temple it was a place for people to be close to God and, was, and, the, and the priests and the leaders were using God to rip off the people. And religion, if we're honest, has been leveraged for oppression and profit like since the beginning of time. It's, it's tragic. And Jesus is not happy with this being expressed in his place, what is considered a house of worship. Uh, besides uh, his anger just in general about the money exchanging hands and the greed, uh, Jesus would have hated the noise and commotion being created in the court. Right? This whole sort of circus of, of merchants. And it made, it made it very difficult in a house of prayer, particularly for the Gentiles to pray there. The Gentiles would be stuck kind of on the outsides of those courtyards. They could not go into that, that fence that goes around the structure. They'd be on the outside. That's where they can pray. But now there's all this other stuff is going on. So Jesus would be upset about the distance that this is also creating the Gentiles from getting close to God. The religion that they've created here is getting in the way of, of the religion. Uh, Gospels tell us that Jesus was ushering in a new covenant with humanity. So this is all based on old covenant. Right? It's animal sacrifice, and Jesus is going to end that. It's going to end. It's going to replace by a perfect sacrifice on the cross. Right? Toning for human sin once and for all. This is the gospel story. This is, this is Easter. But ushering in new life requires often driving out the old one. Right? Ushering in new life often requires driving out the old one. And for you and I, this rings true. When we want to make changes and we want to invite something new in, we, we pray the Lord to fill us, often we have to drive something else out. And too often, we just kind of allow other things to just exist. Like, well, it's not that big a deal. And the temple was here physically. There's a temple. It was built. It, it had all the stuff. It looked cool, but it wasn't honoring. It wasn't honoring. Same as us, with, with us today, where the the writers of the Bible would now refer us to post-Jesus as a temple. Corinthians 6, 9 says this, Do not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. Right? Our temple, our body, right, mind, body, soul, is our way to connect with God, to worship, to be loved by God, to be close to God. In our lives, we have tendency to invite in habits and activities and thoughts that disrupt, say, our holy flow. So the state of the merchants that Jesus walked into and, and, and flipped flip tables, whatever the fiasco was out there, was probably not how it started. That was probably not the state of it when it started. 
Right? How did it start? It probably started as a few people. Well, a few people are traveling, so we need to provide some, some doves here. Not necessarily a bad thing. And then it turned into, well, we should probably exchange their coins too. So there's a couple tables, a couple booths, and it's like, well, we can make a couple extra bucks. It's like one, it's two, then it's three. And then it's like, well, we could actually make more for the doves. They don't, what do they, what do, they do? Go, go out of the temple and buy them? It just turns into this whole thing. And so one thing in one area has now grown into a lot of cl- clutter and harmful to the way of worship, to the connection of God. And so Jesus is flipping tables. I think you and I, as I think about this this week and processing in our own lives, the things that sort of, maybe they're kind of on the edge of our life, right? Like we have, well, yeah, most of it looks pretty good, but there's something maybe hanging out over here, just one or two things. Maybe it's just, maybe it's on your phone. You know, it's just, it's just the time you spend scrolling. That's not that big a deal. It's a little thing. Maybe it's more challenging addictions that are growing. Maybe it's a little bit of unforgiveness you have towards someone. Like, yeah, I just can't, I can't go there yet. It's bitterness. It's unresolved conflict. Right? Maybe this is asking forgiveness of someone that you're like, ah, I don't really feel like it. It'll be fine. Maybe this is letting something go. It's, it's envy. It's gossip. It's greed. It's chasing money. It's comparison. Whatever that little thing is, because we have that stuff, like, well, whatever. It's just a little thing. I'll be fine over here. What happens is we allow those things to start hanging out. They just start to grow. And it disrupts our ability to connect with God and end with one another. It disrupts that holy flow. Jesus cleansed the temple because it interfered with worship. It interfered with worship. I have to think of our own lives. What are the things in our own lives? What do I need to cleanse my heart from? What attitude or actions that are coming between me and God that are keeping me from worship? Keeping me from worship. I think when he comes in, he says, it is written, but you're doing this. It is written, but you have turned it into this. It is written, but you. It is written, but you. I think for some of us, when we think about our own lives, it's written, you know, forgive as the Lord forgave you, but I hold unforgiveness sometimes. It is written, love your neighbor, but you, mm, you kind of just love yourself. It is written that you're loved by God, but you see yourself as unlovable. It is written that you have been released from shame and guilt, but you hang on to all, this, all the junk in your life. Jesus could say the same thing about so many of us. It is written, there's a promise, but you're doing this. I think we'll actually wrap up here. I'm going to bring the worship team, worship team back up. We'll catch up on the rest of this story uh, next week. But we see a temple that, you know, it's there. It, it looks nice, mostly. It's got a few areas that are kind of loud, but it, it, it looks like a, a thing that should be helping people connect with God, and yet it's not. It's not. And God's heart's desire is to connect with you, for you to be able to connect with Him. And the great thing about now is there's no temple we have to pass through. It's just this. It's just this. And we don't want to allow our shame to keep us on the outside. Like, ah, I can't quite go there yet. Jesus would say, bring it. Bring it in. Bring it in. Bring it in. The religious practices, they, they, were, they weren't doing it. They weren't helping. Jesus opens it all up. So God, I just want to lift, uh, lift up this room to you right now, Lord. It, Lord, maybe someone's just distant from you. Maybe they never connected. Or maybe it's been a long time. And it just feels like, man, you're just on the way outside of that temple. Like, I don't even know how to begin to get in. Lord, I pray you would directly just speak to our hearts. Speak to those hearts right now as we close out in, in song. You would connect with us, Lord. We want to connect with you. And Lord, we know that you want to connect with us. So we invite you, Holy Spirit, just to, just to be present with us, Lord. Love in those hearts that need it the most in this moment. In your name, amen. Can I stand with us as we continue this conversation?